You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, welcome to Soul to Soul. My name is Rabbi Levi Avzan, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Shul, and we are here to Farbring to talk, to share, to listen, to engage, hopefully to be inspired. Would love to hear your thoughts on 34519, email on air at chayfm.com, tweet at chayfm, and WhatsApp at 062-148-2374. Looking at the screen over here, I see so many beautiful comments coming in for Sue Jackson's Finding Human earlier today. Um, unfortunately, I wasn't able to hear the show, but well done, Sue. It's an honor to be on that show every little while. It's an incredible show. So, what are we going to talk about today? Hmm. A lot going on in our world. I'm not going to talk about that. Today we're going to get philosophical. Why not? And let's talk about God. Oh, that big word. God. G-O-D. You know, different times of the year offer different times, different types of focuses. As Passover comes, people focus on ideas of freedom democracy, liberty. When Shavuot comes, the holiday of the giving of the Torah, people focus on ethics, laws, morality. On Hanukkah, they focus on light. In Adar, they focus on joy. Purim is joy. But we're coming into the big, the high holidays, Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. What do we focus about then? Oh, there's lots of things to focus on. Repentance, connection, joy, but at the core of everything that we're about to lead up to in the next few weeks and months is God. Every holiday and every day is about God, and everything we do is about God, but the first month of the year, the beginning of the new year, is a tremendous focus, where Rosh Hashanah, we crown God as a king, Yom Kippur, we connect with God, Sukkot, we celebrate with God, Simchas Torah, we dance with God, we're heading into a very God-focused energy, and now specifically next week... A week from today is Rosh Chodesh, the beginning of the month of Elul, which is the month that leads up to Rosh Hashanah, a full month of introspection and connection. It's a God-focused energy. God. Gosh, that's a lot to talk about. But again, we're not going to start talking until we have some music. And today we chose some upbeat music. It's actually called the Simcha Song, the Song of Joy um, by Miami Boys Choir, my favorite boys choir. A little Simcha, because if God is one thing or at least if we know of one thing that he wants from us, is to be a little joyous. So enjoy this music, and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, Rabbi Levi Avzan here on the Farbringen, and let's go straight into it. Does God care about your life? Chances are that question is evoking two reactions in the listeners. One reaction is like, oh gosh. No. <laughs> reaction number one is, of course he does. Reaction number two, of course he does not. Many people grab one side of the argument with tremendous conviction. Argument A, God cares about everything. I mean, proof is that he gave lots of commandments. So he obviously cares about the small things we do. Option B which I found very, very popular by many people, is like, how can a great God really care about the small nonsense in your life? Yes, God as a general cares if you're ethical and moral, but 
the technicalities, the details, eh. God's too big for that. So let me just set the tone of the discussion over here. I won't be spending the next few minutes arguing there's a God. Um, that is a conversation on its own, and I think it's important that when, in general, conversations happen, there's a baseline. In this conversation, I want to share with you, it's with the baseline, not an assumption, but with the absolute knowledge and conviction that God exists and that God created the world and God created humanity. Now the question is, does he care? Is he involved? Does he care about if I showed up today to the radio? Does he care about the fact that I'm on the radio right now talking to you? Does he care about the fact that, thank God, there is electricity today and it's beautiful temperature here in the room and the radio is working and we're connecting? Does he care? Is God too big to care? And very often the answer is yes, God is too big to care. I mean, really, an almighty, infinite God, whatever those words mean, can he really care about the small pettiness about how much clothes I have and what I'm wearing today and how I dress and what I eat and whether I got in the car into this, on the Sabbath and w- what food I ate in my mouth, whether it was meat slaughtered by a shochet or not meat or I'm a vegetarian, does God actually care? What do you think? Does God care? Okay. My buddy over here says God does care. So, good, thanks. Um, the show's over. Let's go home. <laughs> Here's the point. If I'm talking to you and you're a parent, or you're a teacher, or you're a person that's deeply in love with another individual in any kind of relationship, not necessarily romantic, but in any relationship, you deeply love somebody. Do you care about the small stuff of theirs? If your five-year-old comes home and has this wonderful drawing that they did that honestly is not worth half a penny and it's a waste of paper, if you tell them to that, if you tell them, oh, gosh, this is the ugliest person, the hands and the feet are not even attached, is that a, yeah, it's honest. Is it loving? If we're a true parent, and I'd like to believe we all are, The painting is beautiful, and we genuinely try to find that feeling within us, this absolute pride. I can't believe my five-year-old painted the face pink and and the legs, I don't know, um, yellow or red. And it's absolutely stunning. And the shoes, one size is size 10, another size is size 1, and it's amazing. And then they come on Father's Day, and they prepare you this letter that, that the one letter doesn't have... Any connection to the next one, as they say in Yiddish, one word has no connection to the other word, and we love it. Why? Because what for them is small, what for us is small is for them big. And because it's big for them, it's big for us. You buy something for your spouse, and not necessarily every, every gift you buy for a spouse necessarily means the world to you. Many men will say that they still can't get to wrap their head around the concept of buying flowers, which will go and die in three days um, and spend 250 rand or whatever it costs. And you're like, are you kidding me? I'll just buy you long-term flowers. They'll stay here forever. They'll always be pretty. And it's a better spend money. But if you care about your wife and you care about the individual, and if that person happens to like flowers, you say, hey, it's not about what I want. It's about what they want. And if for them it's big, for me it's big, even if I don't understand. And that's the definition of a healthy relationship. 
if every relationship is about how I feel about something, not about how the other person feels about something, then that's not a relationship. It's just a selfish um, echo chamber where I live in my own reality, convincing myself that I'm the only opinion that counts. So if that three-year-old kid girl comes home and has a whole drama what happened with her friend and that friend and how she said that and she said that and Mora said that and the teacher said that, God knows what. For her, it's a reality. So for me, the parent, it has to become a reality. And I have to put my condescending cheesiness aside. It's a three-year-old issues. For them, it's not a three-year-old issue. It's a real issue. The toy that was taken from a two-year-old is like my car being taken away from me. It's a big deal. And if I come across condescending, then it's not a relationship. I have to put my awareness that I have as an adult that says your car being taken away by your sibling is not a big deal. I have to put that mindset away and say, let me enter the headspace of the two-year-old who lives in a reality where it's mine, 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 and suddenly somebody came and took their toy car away. That's a big deal. And my empathy cannot be insincere. Often you find parents trying to calm their kids down and like laughing as they do it. And we're all human. We all make mistakes. But the point is to find within ourselves the sincerity to understand it's a big deal. And because it's a big deal for them, it's a big deal for us. So back to the conversation, the topic of conversation. Does God care? Honestly, if God doesn't care about my small stuff, he's not a God. He's not a loving God. If he's too big to care about my sickness, my financial situation, my car breaking down, my fight with another person, whatever my struggle is, if God is too big to care, then he's not big at all. A dad who's too big to care about his kid's issues, a mom who's too big to care about their children's issues, a spouse who's too big to care about their spouse's issues is not a spouse, it's not a parent, it's not big, it's small. Because big people put themselves into the shoes of others. A big God cares about my pettiness because if it's my pettiness, it's mine. And if God loves me and I believe it with all my heart and I know that he does, then what bothers me and what excites me, he feels the same way. And therefore, we have to put that misconception to rest because that's one of the fundamental misconceptions that get in the way of healthy relationships with God, where we convince ourselves, eh, God doesn't care. So first of all, it makes us be reckless in our own behavior because God doesn't care. But also, it makes us feel so alone. We're going through a difficult day. We were just retrenched. We can't pay the bills. Just got divorced. Whatever the situation is, and we feel God, really, God cares about my divorce? And the answer is, a God that doesn't care about your divorce or your financial situation is not God. That's not a loving father. It's not a, it's, it's not a creator. A creator that can create a creation and not care about every single detail and every aspect that goes on in the life of the creation is, is he creator? Your thoughts on 34519-062-148-2374. And now it's time to break for some breaks and for some beautiful music. The music that you'll be listening to is Hamalach Hagoel by Shlemy Dax. One of my favorite singers and one of the most beautiful songs, Hamalach Hagoel, may God who watches, uh, sorry, the angel who watches over me watch over the children. I really hope you enjoy this music and we'll be back right after this. You're listening to the Farbrengen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM and 
My name is Rabbi Levi Afton, Associate Rabbi Linksfield Scholl, and we're here talking about God, the God's involvement in our life, and I'm here talking to DJ over here, my good friend, and DJ believes in God, knows there's a God, and DJ, sorry for putting you on the spot, but you shared with me how you feel that God's involved in your life all the time, and you had this little story that happened to you last week where you just feel he's involved in your life. Just share something. Oh, well, uh, my name is DJ Flo. Thank you so much, uh rabbi for this opportunity even though i uh i'm putting you on the spot just I know. yeah putting me on the spot but uh, i do believe in god and uh i, I always tell my friends like uh, he's always been there and uh, he's always been my shepherd as i'm the dj uh, i travel the night most of the times in johannesburg cbd the uh the hillbrook clubs the late night hours something that happened last night uh last weekend I could feel that uh, I I know he was just fulfilling and showing me that uh, he's there for my life. He's always there for my life. I went through the the valley of death, things that I've seen, people getting robbed, hurt, stabbed. Last, uh, it was Saturday night, and I, I was uh, uh, leaving the club. It was around uh, half past uh, 12 in the in a.m., the midnight, and... Uh, I, I could see the Tootsies in the streets and feel that I know they're going to, to hurt me, they're going to rob me, but with the grace of God, I managed to escape because uh, the time they started reacting, I just stood in, I just, right in the middle of the road and I didn't take any reactions. I saw the, another club that was open. I went in there. I just ran in that club. The security guards said, like, oh, you managed to escape these Tootsies, but still, this, uh, this club is not the safe club. Because we are, we are closing at two o'clock, so you gotta leave the club, and uh, they you are, they're going to catch you outside here. But fortunately enough, while we're still uh, at the club, there comes a taxi out of nowhere. The guys they were just driving around the town, like say, hey, uh, ask the security, because the guys those two they were like, they were they they were targeting me because I had my own my gadgets, my laptop with my school bag and 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 my phone. So those guys came in. They said, no, they're just driving. They can't take me, uh, anywhere where I'm going. So the security managed to, 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 to convince them and said, like, okay, cool. We can just take you two robots away from this club. Just two robots away from this area. That's dangerous area. I said, oh, it's cool. They just took me away from that area. And then I, that's how I managed to, to escape. Then like, that was the lucky. I, I, that was the, the, the grace of God. That's how I managed to escape. What's incredible listening to you, DJ, is how, you see in that the hand of God, and also many people would just call that lucky or coincidence. Yeah. But um, I think as people of faith and people of uh, connection to God, there is no such thing as coincidence. No. Uh, God watches over us, and I think. Thank you so much for sharing that. I really appreciate that. It's a pleasure. Yeah, we all feel that. We all feel God in our lives. We all feel that supervision, and it doesn't make a difference who you are, where you come from. If you choose to b- not only believe, but find and know God in your life, you will see those moments so many times. It's happened to me so many times on this show, where just before the show, every time I drive from my home to the show, I turn off the radio and I just turn to God and I say, Hashem, I'm about to go on the radio. And even if I prepare my thoughts, I don't prepare every word I'm going to say. I don't know how it's going to come across. I could have one moment. I'll say the wrong thing. So please talk through me. As cheesy as that sounds, talk through me. Share the message that you want to share through me. 
Don't let me get in the way of the flow that you want to flow to other people, because who am I? The second I put myself as an ego, as an in-between, myself and God, but between God and other people, I will just interrupt that flow. We all are funnels through which God's energy flows into this world. The reason God put me in this world and put you in this world and put every single one of us in this world is to flow a certain energy in here. If the flow was already here, we didn't have to be here. If the flow that's uniquely mine had already been in this world at the time, I would never be here. God had some kind of flow and he chose me. He gave me certain characteristics, strengths, weaknesses, personalities, background, family, and said, now through you, I'm going to send a flow into this world as long as your ego doesn't get into the way. And so he did with every single human being. Every single one of us created in the image of God, created in the image of the divine, is a vehicle, is a portal through which God shines a specific energy into the world. And our mandate is to be true to that. And what I found so often is when I do that prayer to God before, often I'll come onto the radio, I'll prepare one thought, and then suddenly we'll go to a different thought entirely, and I'm not exactly sure why I even ended up there. And then I'll get contacted by somebody after the show who will say, Rabbi, that's exactly what I had to hear. And whose idea was it? It wasn't mine. Where do ideas even come from? Nobody creates ideas. I'm, I can't create my own ideas. They come through inspiration. And even if they're ideas that I learned other places, why did I choose to share this idea now? Because it comes from God. As long as we allow God to flow through us, that is the vehicle through which God's energy has to enter. But the moment I say, I'm a genius or I'm an idiot, whichever way, whether I overestimate myself or I underestimate myself, either way, I'm interrupting the flow through which God needs to enter the world. And let me be clear that overestimation and underestimation are as bad. Saying I'm a nothing and saying I'm an everything, I'm a nothing might sound more pious, but it's as much an interruption to the flow as saying I'm an everything. Because if you're a nothing and you're a shmata, you're just a piece of uh, a cloth that's just all dirty and been used to clean bathrooms, if that's all you are, and you don't see yourself as a divine person, a divine human being that regardless of how menial your job is, regardless of what you do, you are God's creationist. Well, if you don't see it, then you're doing an injustice to the flow that God wants to send into this world. And if we put ourselves overestimated and we develop this huge ego and we start taking ourselves so seriously and the whole world is surrounding us and we play narcissism 101, that's again a fundamental problem and interrupts the flow. We have to allow God to flow through us, to allow him to bring through us the energy that he needs into this world. And if we do, we suddenly discover how God really cares about every person, because often we will be placed at a specific space at a specific time, and there's no question that we are there because God sent us there. Why do we, did we share that thought? And why did we drive down that town? And why were we there, etc.? And if you start looking for these adventures, you'll find them so many times. If you start asking yourself the question, why am I here today? Why at 2 in the afternoon, one thirty in the afternoon, am I driving on this road, listening to the radio? Why? What What, what was God's plan for me to be here at this space at this moment. Why? Nothing's random. Part of believing in God is the belief that nothing about this world is random. 
Because if God created the world and God is infinite and God is almighty and purposeful, that means everything he does is with purpose, then nothing in God's world doesn't have purpose. There is no such a thing as purpose, purposelessness in God's world. Everything has meaning. The reason that I'm talking to you now and you're listening, I don't know. I don't, I don't deserve it. Maybe the, maybe the stuff I'm saying hopefully is, is correct. I really believe so. But why? Why did God set this up? There was something here. Something for me to learn, something for you to learn. Some relationship to build through the radio waves. There's nothing random. And if you could live with that tremendous mindfulness, that's a tremendous amount of meaning that enters our life. Because then everything is purposeful. The reason you're shopping now is purposeful. Now, the question is what you're going to do with it. Will you fill that moment with the purpose that God intended you to? Will we maximize this moment? Will we grab onto every moment of our life and fill it with meaning, aware that God cares about every single moment? God doesn't only care about the hour or day that I'm studying. God doesn't only care about the hour or day that I'm being pious and selfless. God cares about me when I'm sleeping. And he cares about me when I'm eating. And he cares about me when I'm taking care of my body. And he takes he cares about me in every aspect of my life. Because if God is my creator and God loves me and God's my father and my partner in this world, because we're told that the human being is partner with God to make God's world a better place. If that's true, then everything I do is meaningful to him. Yes, what which meat I ate for lunch makes a difference. If it's a kosher hot dog and not kosher hot dog, he cares. He cares about the way I treated the person at the petrol station. Really? Yes, really. Because if he's a god, he cares about me and he cares about the person filling up petrol. Both people are equal in his eyes. Both people are beloved in his eyes. And both people, he wants to be treated well. There's a great statement that the sages said. And they said, Ahuv Ahuv Misha Ahuv Ahuv. Oh, you have, oh, basically somebody who loves somebody else will love what that person loves. If you love your child, you'll love your child's friends and you'll love the people who love your child. You'll love your daughter-in-law, your son-in-law, etc. If God loves every human being, then he wants us to love that person as well. Because if we love God, then we have to love his creations. And there's a statement from the, from the author of the Tanya who says that loving a fellow is the greatest act of love for God. Because if you love God, and how can you not love the God in every person? How can you lo- not love the God, the person that God loves? If God loves that individual, and I love God, and I love that person, it's impossible to declare that you love God if you don't love humanity. And that is the whole problem with the radicals who are using religion all over the world to destroy human life. If you love God, then you have to love humanity. If you love God and you don't love humanity, then you are not loving God. There is no such a thing as loving God without loving humanity. It's it's impossible because God created himself created human beings in the image his image. So if you hate humans, you hate God. Don't ever use God as an excuse to hurt another individual. And I'm not only talking about radical Islamists killing people for, for radical, you know, ideas. I'm talking about even when we use religion to be judgmental of one another, to put down the other person. And eh? do you see the way she's dressing? Do you see what he eats? Do you see that, 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 that? If religion 
if God is used as an excuse to hate another human being, to be condescending to another human being, let it be clear that's not religion. That's not God. Because a person of God loves God's creations. Doesn't mean that they're not, that they're accepting of every idea and every behavior, but they still love the people behind the idea and behind the, the, the behavior. If you find yourself as a person of God hating another person, another human being, you can be guaranteed that you're not serving the true God. Someone one time came to a great sage and he said, I don't believe in God. And the sage said, the God you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. The God you don't believe in, I don't believe in either. In other words, if you believe in a God that allows you to be judgmental of other people and be mean and hurtful to other people, I don't believe in that God. I'm also an atheist on such a God. Because I believe with all my heart and soul that God created every human being in his image and God wants us to love our fellow human being. He needs that. That's what he asks us to do. Love your neighbor, love your fellow as yourself. That is the entire Torah, the entire fundamental of faith. And as the Talmud says, the rest is commentary. If we can use God as an excuse to be hurtful, we're not serving God. Because God cares about individuals. God is not big in the way that he's distracted, you know, out of reality. God is big in the fact that he cares. He cares about the feelings of the other person you just hurt in, the, in his name. And God cares about the victims of violence that are being used as an excuse for religion. Because a God that doesn't care is not a God. A God that doesn't care about the human being right now who's being terrorized and hurt and broken and shattered and destroyed is, believe me, it's not a God. I believe, and I'm sure you believe in a God that cares about every single individual and everything that's going on in our life. And therefore, if we believe in that, let's make sure to treat God's world in the way he wants, because he cares, and treat his children in the way he wants, because he cares, because that is what God is all about. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. You're listening to 101.9 High FM, and we are here talking today about God's love for an individual. I don't know if you've ever read the book called Five Love Languages. DJ, you read it? It's a good book. Read it. Um, and it talks about how each individual has a different way of feeling love. Some people love go- feel loved when they get gifts. Some people feel loved when they get attention, uh, quality time, uh, words of affirmation. That means compliments and words that make them feel good. Acts of service and touch, five different love languages. And it's a very interesting concept, and I'm sure, you know, like it's, it's, it's not, you know, from Sinai, so, I'm, you know, there could be a sixth, and could be a seventh. But the principle is that, uh, true, and that is each person feels loved in, in their own unique way. Now let me borrow that for God. Very often you ask somebody, you sit there saying, God wants you to do this. God wants you to eat this, not to eat that, behave this way, not behave that way, and you tell you something, Really, does God care? And the answer is, God in his 613 commandments, in his five books of Moses, he comes and says, this is my love language. 
This is the way you will connect to me. This is the way you will engage in me. If you treat your fellow, if you're not jealous, if you don't murder, if you're loyal, if you keep the Sabbath, whatever the mitzvah is, if you do what I want, that connects with me. Now we could sit there saying, why? Let's talk about tefillin, for example. If you know what tefillin is, it's something that Jewish men over 13 put on every day. And that is, it's made out of cowhide, and it's black boxes on the arm next to the heart and on the head. And in it is, is scripture is written on moorhide, um, parchment, um, the Shema Yisrael, Hero God, and the various different verses that refer to God's unity and tefillin, etc. And every day we're supposed to put this on and, and pray. Now you can ask yourself, are you kidding me? Sorry for being callous about it, but like taking a piece of cowhide, putting it on your arm, on your head, painting it black, and saying some verses, and you actually think you're doing something. And often people have brought that question to me. Can God really care if the box is square or black? And if it's on your head in the center, and if it's on your arm next to your heart, really? And the answer is, if God doesn't care, then he's not God, because God is so big that he cares about the small stuff, and he, and he wants us to connect him in the way that he requested. The Torah is God's book in which he was vulnerable, and God says, if you want to connect with me, these are the ways. You know what, if, if only all our spouses treated us that well, that they actually told us what they want, it would make life easier. Torah is God coming and saying, connect to me this way. He didn't keep it vague. God didn't keep it vague. He said, Sabbath, that's the way. Rest on the seventh day. Eat these foods. Treat your neighbor like you want to be treated. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. That is the way I want to be connected to. God was very open. So instead of finding that very, you know, how could God just give so many rules? It's not rules as much as it's connections. God's saying, come connect. The word mitzvah, which often is translated as commandment, the mystics teach us that the word mitzvah also comes from the word tzavta, togetherness. And even today in modern Hebrew, when people sit around, they say, yoshvim b'tzavta, we're sitting together. Mitzvah means connection. It's not only a commandment, it's a connection opportunity. God comes and says, do that and we will connect. When you're not jealous, you will connect. When you believe in me and when you declare God's unity, we will connect. When you pray, we will connect. When you study, we will connect. That is connection opportunities. And what's and that, unfortunately, one of the big misnomers is it's just rules, 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 rules. God's trying to make our life a misery. No! God cares about us and he wants us to connect with him. And on that thought, one of the great statements that it says in this week's parsha. This week is the fourth parsha in the book of Deuteronomy, the book of Devarim, and it starts off, God says like this, Look, behold, I am giving you today blessings and curses. And then he continues, the blessing and curse. He says, the blessing is that you will choose to do my commandments, my connections. He doesn't say the blessing will come if you do what I ask you to do. He says the blessing will be that you do what I ask you to do. It's a very profound idea. Because the greatest blessing is not the reward that comes when we do what God wants. The greatest blessing is the actual doing it. Because at that moment we connected. The blessing is not if you'll do what God wants. The blessing is that that you will do what God wants. The person who's connected to God is 
connected. That's the greatest blessing. Whether it ends up in paradise, whether it ends up in great reward is nice, but that's an extra. That's a bonus. The fundamental blessing of being connected to God is not what it gives us in afterlife or in the future or the, or blessings in this world. It's the actual connection because we're connected to our creator. We're connected to God. That's the greatest blessing. The greatest gift a sense of peace is when a human being is connected to the creator, when a person's true to themselves. And we know this, that when people struggle with their identity and they're not true to themselves, it causes tremendous tension. If you're forced to be a lawyer and you want to be an artist, it is tremendously frustrating. A person is born to naturally have a connection with the creator. I have no doubt in my mind that so many of our conditions and our anxieties and our issues that we struggle with are because there is a dichotomy between who we're supposed to be and who we are. Because it's not natural for a person not to be connected to God. It's natural for us to have a relationship with our Creator. It's natural to do what He wants. It's natural to be in connection with our soul. It's not natural to ignore our soul. It's natural to have passion to make God's world a better place. It's not natural to be selfish. Narcissism isn't natural. Selfishness isn't natural. It might seem natural. We might be created that way, but it's, it won't bring us happiness until we overcome it because we need to be true to our core. And our core is that we have a soul. And that soul has God in it. And that soul demands that we live in sync with our purpose. So the first portal of entry when we find ourselves discontented, when we find ourselves frustrated and angry, is ask ourselves, are we being true to ourselves? Are we connecting to God? Because as we've been talking throughout the show, God cares. Not only does he care, he desires to have a relationship with him. As the words of the Holy Medrash, God desires to have a home here in this world. God desires to have a relationship with us. And when we connect to him, it fills a deep desire by God. Why? I don't know. It's irrelevant. Why? Why does a perfect God decide to have a relationship with me? I don't know. But so he chose. And so is my opportunity. Not because I have to, as much as because I want to. I want to have a relationship with my creator. You're listening to 101.9 Chai FM here on Soul to Soul. You're listening to the Farbringen with Rabbi Levi Avzan on 101.9 High FM. 101.9 High FM, and it always comes time to wrap up. Thank you, DJ, and thank you, High FM, for this opportunity. So let's summarize where, where we've been talking for the past 40 minutes. God cares. Because he's God, therefore he cares. A God that doesn't care isn't a God. A parent who doesn't care isn't a parent. A lover who doesn't care isn't a lover. A friend who doesn't care isn't a friend. And God is all that and more. And therefore, we have to be able to find within ourselves that deep connection, that awareness that says, God cares. He cares. When I'm going through a difficult day, he cares. When I'm going through an amazing day, he's happy for me and he's he's with me on the journey. And the fact that he coordinates the journey because he knows what's best for me, it doesn't mean that at the same time he doesn't feel my pain. We're told that during the destruction of the temple, although obviously it happened through God's decree, God was with them and God cried with them. God cries for our pain. We're told that when 
Mashiach comes, when the Redeemer comes, not only will God wipe away our tears, he'll wipe away his own. God cries. God feels our pain. And when we could feel that, when we could become aware that I'm never walking alone, because I want to finish off with this final story. It's an incredible story of uh, Rabbi Nissa Mangel, who's a Holocaust survivor, and he lives currently in New York, um, in the same in the town where I grew up, Crown Heights. He shares a story that he was in Auschwitz as a young kid, as 10 years old, and he was then put onto that long march in which many, many people died, the march out of Auschwitz into Germany. And he describes he's walking and he has this boot which is oversized on him, and it's digging into his foot, and it's digging and digging and digging. Without getting too descriptive, eventually it dug through his flesh up to his bone, and the pain is excruciating. He cannot handle it. And he's about to give up, and any person who gave up during the walk and just moved a little bit out of line was shot and just thrown onto the side of the road. And at that moment, he remembers a story. He remembers a story his father told him, and that story comes to mind as he's walking there. His father told him a story that 250 years ago, there was a Jew who went to travel at the great sage, the Baal Shem Tov. And he came to the Baal Shem Tov towards the evening and he had a meeting and he wanted to meet him. And as he's about, he's about to settle in, somebody runs in from his town and says, your wife's about to give birth, about, to, she's going, she went into labor. And, he knows he has to go back to his wife, but he's terrified because at night, the forest between his town and the, where he was now was very dangerous, full of gangsters and God knows what else. So he runs into the Baal Shem Tov to his holy Rebbe and he says, my dear master, my wife is in labor and I have to go home, but I'm scared. And his master looks at him and says, never be afraid because wherever you go, God's with you. Wherever you go, God's with you. And he made it home. And as this guy, Nissan Mangel, is walking in, the, in, in that march, the death march from Auschwitz, the story is playing in his mind. God's with you. God's with you. God's with you. And he says oh, just a rejuvenation of energy flows into his bones. And he made it. He made it to the destination, survived the war, became a great sage, translate, one of the first translators of a siddur into English raised a family, I know many of his children and grandchildren, incredible human being, alive and healthy today. Wherever we go, God walks with us. How he, a person who was walking in the death march, lost his entire family in the Holocaust, how he managed to believe that and, and know that, I, who am I to even begin to imagine? But he shares a story. You can listen. You could Google Nissen Mangel. He recently spoke in Auschwitz and he shared this story. Incredible, terrifying, heartbreaking stories. But that's the truth, that wherever we go, God watches. God's with us. Because God is so big that he cares about the smallest thing. And on that thought, I want to finish off with a beautiful song called Altira, Do Not Fear from Any Fears Because God because God is With Us. Apropos to the message, I wish you a wonderful week. Thank you, DJ, once again. Thank you, this whole team, Chai FM. Please, God, we'll be back next week here on the Fabringen Show, like on every Tuesday from 1 to 2 in the afternoon. Have a great week. Peace and love. Cheers.